Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartiest films so that you can pretend that you did. I am your host, your only host, Casey O'Brien, joined by another man I speak to on this show, Patrick Mallon. I've taken the host hosting duties away from you. Patrick. So I, I'm just I'm just a guy that just kind of you're just a guy <laughs> that's here with me. You're still my friend. I just hang around. <laughs> yeah, you're just there waiting for you to press record. Yeah, I just kind of I like to you know uh, bounce ideas off of you mm, occasionally. Mm. That's what you're here for. Okay. How I, are you, Patrick? I'm okay. I'm coming down from that high of Sammy uh, Morty Morty Woodworks uh, law. Uh, <laughs> Morty Woodworks wedding weekend in yes. Lexington, Kentucky to his beautiful bride, Perry. So congratulations to Matt and Perry on their nuptials. And now one of your favorite things to do at a wedding is to take a lover. Did you take a lover oh at this my, wedding? Oh my what Patrick? are you talking about? <laughs> Where are you getting this data? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! No, good God! Unlucky in love. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, you're coming to breed my brother's wedding, yeah. Patrick. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll find love there. <laughs> Maybe you can help Shane find love. Although I feel like it's hard to find love at a, a a wedding where you're related to the the people getting married. You know what I mean? Uh, yes and no. I mean, your mileage may vary. It dep- it depends. But the wedding was fun, it sounds like. Yeah, very fun. Had a great... It was a Friday wedding, so that way we had time. Interesting. Yeah, so that way everyone was still together on Saturday, partying, hanging out, having a great time. Um, It was definitely very... I was definitely very exhausted by the time Sunday rolled around. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Did they have have any fun, cool, like, drinks at the bar at the wedding? You know how they do that sometimes? mm -hmm. There was no sort of, like, proprietary bride and groom cocktail but there was it was it was a very nice wedding it was like cool. the food was great the drink was great there were like literally past trays of manhattans Ugh. um yeah so literally right upon arrival grab a manhattan made with bourbon because you were in kentucky uh presumably yeah i didn't i didn't get into the weeds on it but um thank yeah. god and, you would have ruined uh, some poor <laughs> wait staffs time and perry uh so per- this is uh interesting i don't know if um all of our listeners will find it interesting, but we've mentioned multiple people on this pod. There, there's a whole cast of characters in the periphery of the podcast. There's my cousin Joe, Sammy Lawboy, and then there's Morty Woodwork. So Morty yeah. Woodwork, he married the sister of Joe's wife. So basically, yes. jo- yeah, you knew this, but Joe's wife and now Morty's wife are, are sisters. And uh, their, their dad... Uh, Dr. Garrett is one of the greatest people. He's an ophthalmologist in Lexington, Kentucky. What an interesting situation. Brothers marrying sisters. Mm-hmm. It was a recurrent theme in most of the speeches throughout the weekend. Ah. And everyone had a good sense of humor about it. I'm glad. But it's cool. Lots I mean, of it's, yucks. it's pretty, lots of yucks and uh, it's fun. And there's definitely something to be said in terms of the convenience factor. So like consoli- oh, sure. consolidation of, of families and trips and makes that kind of thing a little bit easier, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So good weekend. uh, And now I'm back in Austin, Texas. How you doing, Case? What's up with you? Oh, you know, nothing. Um, This past weekend was just recuperation. I went to Smorgasburg. Mm. Have you ever been to that? I've never been, but I've heard about it. Was it? It's a big food festival kind of thing. Right, right. Outside. Uh, I used to work at it actually with Maury's Bagels That's back when right. it was just a stand at Smorgasburg and now it's an actual uh, brick and mortar restaurant, which you can visit in Silver Lake. Very good bagels. Yes. Um, so I was working with, that's the only time I'd been. So this is my first time going as just a civilian. Um, How was it? Good. Was it hot out? I heard it can get very hot at Smorgasburg. It can, but it, actually this weekend was not that hot. It was actually pretty cloudy this mm. weekend. So. It was fun. It was a blast. I ate my little heart out. What did you have? What was the most delightful thing you had? Trisha and I had some lobster noodles thing, Mm. like garlic noodles with lobster on it. Very tasty. We had- Sounds decadent. um, Very decadent. Everything there is pretty decadent. Um, Fries with chipotle mayo. I had some beer. Just a lot of good stuff. A lot of munching. I also played mini golf this weekend. Oh, fun. Where at? The Arroyo Seco Golf Course, which is like a mile from my apartment. Cool. Who'd you go uh, with? Trisha O'Brien, my wife. Oh, just the two of you? Yeah. What a fun little date. 
It was a fun little date. I loved it. Who won? I won. You're okay. There I you did. Go. I did. But you know what? <laughs> Trisha's very good. She, like, when I taught her how to play pool at my parents' cabin, I was like, man, I am crushing this lady. <laughs> but then she kept getting better and better and eventually started beating me. And then I said, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> so she's very good at learning skills and learning games, I feel like. That's impressive. And she's hyper competitive. Oh, so. is she really? Yeah. Interesting. So was she disappointed when you won? She didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't care for it. Oh, poor T. Cast a pall over the whole weekend. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, Patrick. Yes. Do we have any sponsors this week? We do. This week we Ooh. have. This week we have. Name names. <laughs> this week we have uh, one of Sammy Lawboy's friends and now one <gasps> of my good friends. Uh, his name is Nick Vernon. Are you better friends with him than me? Uh, Nick Nicky V is great, but Case, you're you're in a tier oh, all your own. Wow. Thanks, uh, so Nick V, Nick Suck Nick it, Vernon Nick. went to high school with with Sammy Lawboy, and they've been best friends ever since. Wow! And I first I I think I first met him during the pandemic, like when we did a poker a virtual poker night. I think he came oh, on. That's and, fun. Yeah, kind of met him that, and then met him IRL back in March at Sammy Lawboy's bachelor party in Portland, Maine. And uh, fantastic. Yeah. He's supporting the pod. He listens from Atlanta. Um, oh, he, thank you so much, Nick. Yeah. He prescribed us a peach old fashioned, but I think we're both uh, without without the supply. I don't so, have yeah. peach. <laughs> I have nothing. Right in, I, I think I have a I have a bourbon. Oh, and this was very sweet. So a while ago, Joe, uh, I requested that Joe buy me a particular bourbon. And somehow. What bourbon? Um, Dickel, uh, bottled and bond bourbon. And, and he was so sweet. He had actually remembered to bring it up from Nashville to Lexington wow. for me, which I would have completely. Wow. And I told him to Venmo request me, and he said, "Don't worry about it, cuz." Wow, that's a that's a boss move. That's a, right that's there. a boss move. Yeah, maybe it was a power, maybe it wasn't even a nice gesture. Maybe it was just about asserting dominance. He's trying to make you feel like shit. Yeah, yeah it was a power move, <laughs> trying to subjugate you. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Nick, for sponsoring the show. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Uh, Patrick and I have uh, we're in the midst of crises, and we haven't gotten our Patreon up, but we will. We will. We will. We need to. We probably need to set aside like a separate time to just do that together. Yeah. Well, I haven't had time. Yeah. Me neither. I've had no time. In fact, We've you should no see time. you should see my 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 house here in Austin. It's I don't want complete, to. It looks like a fucking. Like I'm a looking at your jet. background. It looks it it does look like the place right now where Matthew McConaughey and True Detective live. Do you know his apartment? <laughs> it was like a folding chair and a folding table. Oh, literally, all you can see is a blank wall that could be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I got the vibe though. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for sponsoring the show. It's really wonderful. Yes. Patrick, we don't have any five-star reviews. Oh no five-star reviews. So, people, we appreciate the sponsorships, but we also appreciate five-star reviews. So, if you haven't left one, please do so. It really helps the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, or tell a friend. That's surprising. You know? I will ask you, have you looked at our numbers lately? Yes, I look every week. We've been doing pretty good. We keep increasing. That's very encouraging. I agree. We took a big hit on that Night Porter episode. I know. I, I think, say. you know, what's we, really funny is like, I bet if we, someone were to do an analysis of the episodes I picked versus the episodes you picked, it'd be disastrous. You like to, uh, you like to take a little more risks than I do. I'm all about the the money, baby. All yeah. about the the numbers. <laughs> I know. So maybe I sell out. Maybe I'm more of a sellout than you What are, was the Patrick? last one that I chose? Because you've chosen. The Night Porter. Before that, though. Because you chose Funny uh, Games and Elevator to the Gallows. I think Eraserhead was kind of a consensus pick. Oh, I know. Crazed Fruit. Uh, was that the last one? Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I can't remember how that one did. That movie inspired me, though, to buy a bunch of new shirts, and I did. Oh, you did? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, where I did bought you... a bunch of new patterns. From where? What's that? From where did you buy these? Bonobos. Oh, Bonobos. Cool. They're really cool. I'll have to model them for you sometime, Patrick. Yeah, I'd like that. Uh... Anyways, yeah, that's it. Patrick, Letterbox Rundown. How was your week? Uh, bad again? It was bad, but not as bad as last week. I watched one movie. Uh, Sammy Lawboy and I watched This Is The End. Have you ever seen this this movie? Yes, with Seth Rogen. Yeah. I had, yep. I had never seen it before, and I can't remember how we... Oh, I think because Sam, I think, had asked me about if I had seen Pineapple Express, and I said no. Um, I have not seen Pineapple Express, but then I started talking about This Is The End. You haven't end. seen Pineapple Express? Mm-mm. And started talking about 
how I wanted to see this as the end because I had heard that there was a very funny portrayal of Michael Sarah as like a huge piece of shit. Yep. And uh, yeah, it delivered on that promise. Michael Sarah was portrayed as a huge piece of shit. I remember enjoying that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. There were some definitely some some really funny parts. There's some it. funny cameos in that movie, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Danny uh, McBride uh, is fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. He plays an evil man very well. Yeah. Uh, I also did not have a great week, but I watched one movie, which I think you would delight in, Patrick. I don't know if you've heard of this film. It's called Zombie Lake. Zombie Lake? No, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, it's a 1981 film hmm. from France, and boy, was it bad. And <laughs> Was it on uh, Shudder, or how did you find this? No. Well, Trisha and I went to so for the movie we're discussing today it's not streaming anywhere did you see that not for free but i purchased you know this is giving away the game a little bit i do own it but i don't have my tv here okay. yet so i, I yeah. purchased it on amazon well uh, instead of doing that i went out to our local video store videotech and i rented it oh that's the best and I also rented Zombie Lake. That's something that Trisha picked out. So I'm, I actually don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but Trisha, you know, she's a zombie fiend. Yeah, she so. loves zombies. Uh, but we enjoyed Kraken Wise during the whole movie because the, the the it was it was so confounding because it was both the like lowest budget movie I've ever seen, but then it would cut to this like war scene with like tanks and explosions and it was like well why didn't they spend money on like the makeup? Like they looked like they had green marker on their face, you know, for the zombies. Anyways, there were some Nazi zombies going on there, but was, it was Grumpy so Case working them. at Videotech? You're... No, the Mean Teen was yeah. not there. Oh. I was nervous though. Yeah, but luckily I'm. They they make you wear masks now. Oh, and that's so good. I wore my mask. Okay, Grumpy Case. Yeah, Grumpy the Case. The Mean Teen. And uh, before we proceed, I, I, did. Yes. How did you decide on Zombie Lake? Did it have a cool cover, or was it endorsed yeah, by the staff uh, there? I, I really can't speak to it. Trisha picked that one out. Okay. And uh, there was it's you know, uh, Videotech is broken up into section like director sections, mm-hmm. and this director had his own section oh, wow. in the horror, and Zombie Lake was one of his movies so yeah i'm intrigued i'm intrigued yeah yeah all right patrick that's enough goofing around yeah let's get down to what we're gonna talk about all right patrick we host this show yeah and it's called oh i thought just you i thought just you host the show i just hang around Oh, that's right. I host a show, and it's called Fart House, and you're welcome to join in when I call upon you. And we watch the artsiest, fartsiest film so that you can pretend you did. And today, we're talking about a movie that you were so insulted when I didn't suggest that you might not have seen it. It's called Brazil by Terry Gilliam. And we'll discuss it. We'll subject it to our proprietary fartsy test, which determines how impenetrable this movie really is. We already touched upon this, Patrick. But do you own it? And have you seen it before? I own it. Brazil by Terry Gilliam. I own it and I've seen it. Wow. So How many times do you think you've seen it? This was probably my fourth or fifth time seeing it, probably. When was the first time you saw it? The first time I saw it was Netflix DVD. No, that's not ah. true. That's not true. The first time is I... So Criterion actually put together a really nice triple DVD collection. And there's three cuts of this movie. There's the European final cut that's like two hours and 20 minutes. And then there's... That's the preferred version, Yeah, that's right? the preferred version. And then there's the Love Conquers All version, which is what uh, the studio put out first. And it's like an hour and a half or like just over yeah. an hour and a half. And then there's a version that's kind of in between those that I think Universal or whatever the distributor agreed to put out um, once he saw that... Uh, or once they saw that it was kind of somewhat successful. And that one's like two hours and 10 minutes or something like that. Which is your favorite version? Have you seen all these? Yeah, I've seen them all. Um, historically, my favorite is the European Final Cut one. Yeah. But this time I watched the like middle ground one and I thought it was pretty long, like maybe a little too long. So I don't know. I thought the middle ground one is less long though, right? Yeah, it's like two hours and nine minutes, I think. Okay. Which one did you watch? Do you remember? Do you... I've only seen the European cut. Okay. One. And that one's like uh, two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. and it's long. And uh, I uh, I told you I'm going to go off, so get ready for that. But I won't go off quite yet. I'll say my relationship with this movie. I was a young boy. I was 18 years old. And I was attending Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, California. And I used to go to the library. Nobody did this, but I rented movies from the library and watched them in the library. Wow. Everyone thought I was insane wow. for doing Wait, this. But you watched them but at we, the library? You couldn't take them outside of the library. 
What? What is going on at this library? This is very strange. Was it like we a- have a huge film library okay. and we couldn't take them back to our dorms? Was it like a reels? Was it actual film or was it DVD? No, but they had VH. You could rent VHSs. You could rent laser discs. You could rent DVDs and all across the board. I think they changed their policy towards the end of my stay at college. But my freshman year, you couldn't take them out okay. of the okay. library. So I watched this in the library and I thought, hmm. This is this is kind of a boring movie. That's what I thought when I saw it when I was 18. Uh, but yeah, that was the first time I had seen it. And it is one of those art house movies, you know, you hear about early on. I feel like we've kind of talked about that with other art house films. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, have you seen this? And this is definitely one of those movies. Yeah. Don't you agree? I would agree, especially because so a lot of folks might be vaguely familiar with Terry Gilliam because he was the only American member of Monty Python. Well, uh, you know where he's from. I forget. Where is he from? Is he from Minnesota? He's from Minneapolis, wow. Minnesota. I did not he know that. He was born there, and they moved when, to Los Angeles when he was 12. Okay. So. I didn't know that. Wow, there you go. How do you feel about that? Uh, I have mixed feelings about Terry Gilliam. Oh, yeah. You can't so say too much without showing your hand. I can't. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's so, how most people know him because he, he did Monty Python and the Holy Grail. He was the director of of that. Yeah, he's like the American. You kind of think he's British, mm-hmm. but he's not. Right. He's a dumb American. And then also he's the only American like, in Monty Python. Also, I feel like a lot of people kind of like the cool kids, like like millennial cool kids. They're all kind of vaguely familiar with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know how many people know that Terry Gilliam directed that, but Terry Gilliam also directed Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So he's kind of out there as you know a name that if you were kind of interested in film, you'd probably heard the name and were intrigued by him and his work. He is a director that has a distinct style and all of his movies follow that style. And so he's sort of famed for that. But some of he has some success. How far did you get into success. Terry Gilliam's filmography? Like what's the last movie in his filmography that you've seen? Oh, great question, Patrick. I probably Fear and Loathing. Let me see. I'm going to need to look this up. I've seen Fear and Loathing. I've seen Brazil. I've seen Time Bandits. I've seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I think that might be it. Holy shit. Actually. Fear and Loathing's the last one I saw, too. Wow. Because wow. he did The Brothers Grimm. He did Tideland. And then. Didn't see that. I mean, poor, poor Terry Gilliam. He did, tried to do um, The Imaginary of Dr. Parnassus, and then Heath Ledger died. So then they had to yeah. cast Colin Farrell and um, Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp. He's had some of his production issues, mm-hmm. and some of it is self implemented. Okay. Let's get into the synopsis of this, Patrick, yes. so we can soar like Sam Lowry in the beginning of this movie. So the this whole movie takes place in a futuristic unknown place. I think it's London, but you don't really know. And it's kind of like retro futurism, so everything feels old, but it's the future. It's cool. Everything looks really cool. And it's got that famous score the bum 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 anyways this doesn't take place in brazil they never go to brazil brazil's more of an idea was that stuck in your head for a while afterwards yeah but i like it it's so oh i love it fantastic that's so good highlight of the movie so the main character is Sam Lowry. He's kind of a middleman in the government. He's just doesn't he doesn't really want to get promoted, but he starts having these dreams about this beautiful woman. And then one day he's her name he sees her and her name is Jill Layton and he must seek her out. And he takes a promotion that they'd been trying to give him but he didn't really want to ascend. He just kind of wanted an easy life, but he took a promotion in order to find her and he gets ensnared in this governmental bureaucratic issue where they mixed up the name of a terrorist Harry Tuttle played by Robert De Niro and another random guy named Buttle and it kind of unravels as they he gets deep him and Jill Layton this woman of his dreams get deeper and deeper in this kind of conspiracy and the government's after him and he's losing his mind because he's in love with Jill Layton and a bunch of kooky stuff happens and there are terrorists everywhere and there's explosions and weird plastic surgery and and just yeah bureaucrats bureaucrating yeah bureaucrats are gonna bureaucrat it's it's a very stylized cool futuristic movie and honestly the first 
20 to 30 minutes of this movie are like perfect. Yeah. It's a pretty extraordinary it's, melange of genre. It's a genre yes. melange. It's it's sci-fi and comedy like you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And fantasy. And, Don't forget. And fantasy. And there's a lot of dream sequences. And it is extraordinary. The first 30 minutes are great. And then to me, it takes a real dive and things get real boring and sloppy and messy. And it kind of feels like a different movie at a certain point. What would you what's that, the inflection point for you? I think it's when he actually meets Jill. I agree. It becomes kind of a farce at that point. And everything had been so tight up to that mm-hmm. point. And yeah, I just, it's so, you know, you, you said there's that love conquers all movie. That's 90 minutes. And part of me is like, this movie could have been 90 minutes. Oh, like for sure. It, it sh- kind of should have been because the first 30 minutes are so tight and it does such a good job of introducing this world and these characters that you're just like intoxicated, but you get so bored in the middle. Yeah. Did you have this issue at all, Patrick? Yeah, I found it to be, and it's funny because, you know, I've always considered myself a huge fan of this movie, always like really loved it. Like when people ask. I love it too. I love it dearly, but it's yeah, it's broken. I think it is broken. And uh, I was talking to, I think, our, our good friends, Mitch and Miriam. And Mitch, I think, I believe it was Mitch who had said something like they had recently rewatched Brazil. And he he was like, it's way more boring than I remember. And maybe mm-hmm. that colored my watch a little bit. But I was just like, I don't know. There were some sequences that I didn't personally like the fantasy sequences. I appreciated Patrick, the- <laughs> me neither. I, I made a note right here. I said, Really, I don't feel this way about a lot of movies, but I feel like if I re-edited this movie, I could make it better. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, for sure. I think I could make it like a perfect movie. Because <laughs> yeah. there's so many crazy fantasy. The thing, the problem is there are it's a futuristic fantastical world, but then within that, there are a ton of fantasy sequences mm-hmm. that is jarring because you're like, this is like twice removed. I'm already like in the fantasy world and then we're going into another fantasy world. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like they've already meticulously constructed this alien world that's that's already not familiar to us. It's already transporting us somewhere else. And then they take us in somewhere even stranger that has nothing to do with the world that they've established. And it's like, I appreciate that Terry Gilliam's trying to kind of indulge his imagination a little bit, but it just, it, it felt off to me and it felt there's boring. A, there's a and- bar, there's a bizarre part where he's like, fighting a robotic samurai that takes <laughs> yeah. way too long. This is a fantasy so sequence. Long. This has nothing to do with the plot. And it's so long. All of those fantasy sequences felt so overlong and wore out their welcome so fast. I think they honestly could have had one or two at the beginning where he sees the woman's mm-hmm. face. Like that's all they needed to drop in, but they have like literally there's probably like altogether like 20 to 25 minutes of fantasy sequences in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like 20 minutes of that could have gotten cut. Yeah, I agree. Like they established, they established, I think it's just like, it's nice. They establish he's a dreamer at the beginning. They establish kind of like that in his character. And then they can kind of fill in other elements of his character surround that without just like putting him back into this weird sort of, it's not quite a subplot, but just this weird sort of like. It is kind of. Yeah, it kind of is. It's like, ugh. I didn't like it as much. I don't think I ever liked it. I think I was more tolerant of it watching it the first time around, but watching it. It again, is just too just long. Like, it's too it's, long. It's too long. And it's a movie that moves at the beginning. So when it starts taking too long, you get really exhausted. Yeah. Well, it's got uh, so much like it's got so much energy at the beginning. Yes. Like it's so it's like the most amazing world. It's so unique and interesting, but it just gets boring. I love movies like this, like that retro futurism movies. Like Trisha was like, this reminds me of the fifth element. Yes. I love love. It reminds me of delicatessen mm-hmm. have you ever seen that yep. little film yeah have you ever seen uh city of lost children mm-hmm. yeah Jean-Pierre Genet. uh have you ever seen dark city yes alex Perez. i like that movie Rufus too Sewell, yeah uh there's a bunch i love that kind of yeah like the future is old yeah. kind of mentality. A more contemporary example. Did you see Tell the me. Richard Ayoade? How do you pronounce his oh, name? Oh, Patrick. The double? You are inside of my brain. <laughs> because I love the double with Jesse Eisenberg. A great film. Uh, this is the past, but I feel like it kind of takes cues from it. Um, uh, the Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the shape of water is like it's definitely. It's not the future, Mm-mm. but it is kind of, you know. I guess that doesn't fit. But it, I, 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 that, that, that kind of aesthetic. No, but I, I love. think I think you're onto something when, in mentioning the shape of water oh, thank because you. there's like I don't know there's this sort of future futuristic optimism in that kind of movie. Like, did you ever see the Iron yeah. Giant? Yeah. It's kind of like in that too. Like the Iron Giant, I think takes place in like the fifties, sixties. Well, I'm gonna just say a few facts. There's not that many. You said a lot of the interesting things about this movie that there was like all these different cuts, but it's directed by Terry Gilliam. We talked about him already. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's kind of he's kind of a asshole, misogynist cad, and he's really just not aged well. I think he's been used to being a provocateur his whole life, and so now that people are being held accountable for being saying whatever they want he gets he's mad because he's had a lot of anti me too quotes like he's like i'm tired of white men being blamed for everything <laughs> and he kind of victim blames harvey weinstein's victims oh my God. and then he kind of he kept making this joke at press conferences that was like i no longer want to be a white male i don't want to be blamed for everything wrong in the world i tell the world now i'm a black lesbian uh, my name is loretta and i'm a blt a black lesbian in transition uh, and it's just like Oh God! What is it You're about? Dis- what is your problem? John Cleese it's- is also becoming a fucking blowhard. Did too. you hear that John Cleese? These damn Monty Python. He's doing like a four-part series on the BBC about cancel culture. Jesus fucking Christ! It's just like shut up. Like no one cares. No, one, you guys aren't canceled. You're like it's all made up. And then Ellen Burstyn, who was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Las Vegas, attracted some attention because she said. My hard-won advice, never get into an elevator alone with Terry Gilliam. Oh, shit. So he just seems kind of like a creep. and He's uh, completely, like, he's, like, systematically dismantled his legacy with each passing year. Like, okay, so here's something gross he also did that's related to this movie. Terry Gilliam developed the story and wrote the first draft of the screenplay with Charles Alverson, who was paid for his work but was ultimately uncredited in the final film. For nearly 20 years, Gilliam denied that Alverson had made any material contribution to the script. When the first draft was published and original in-progress documents emerged from Alverson's files, however, Gilliam begrudgingly changed his story. (laughs) Well, he just seems like an asshole, (sighs) you know? Yeah. And he's got such a great imagination and... But I feel like he is one of those people that everyone has told as a genius for his entire life. And he's gotten to do whatever he wanted to do. And his movies are very undisciplined. And he frankly needed somebody, like, someone needed to take this this cut of this movie away from him. Yeah. I feel like. I think, yeah, I don't think he should have had as much free reign as he had for, for Brazil. I mean, I think it's incredible vision. And I think it's... Yes. I love, like, what he's trying to achieve but it just it feels like he's not able to juggle all the balls in the air don't you feel like this happens a lot of times with directors where they get successful and they're doing like their passion project Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i mean and the passion project is always bad now i'm not saying this is bad like that but i feel like a lot of times when directors are literally allowed to do whatever they want it's not always good so you know who is always a really good go-to example for this what uh is uh richard kelly the director of uh yes donnie darko and then he did southland tales yes and it ruined his career basically ruined his yeah he got to do whatever he wanted on his second one and it was i haven't seen that have you seen Southland? no i've never even seen southland tales i'm curious to see i think there's been a little bit of a critical reassessment of it but it's not like people are like saying oh this is a masterpiece i just film is such a collaborative medium i just don't think I, 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 sometimes when directors are just allowed to do whatever they want, like director's cut is a little bit overrated. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, uh, because sometimes directors can't get out of their own way. Right. You know, exactly. I was so. reading though with Brazil. Did you, did you see this at all that supposedly he was at least to some extent was very, he was pretty collaborative. Like he was willing to have people from other like departments, like contribute ideas to kind of create a more cohesive look or I feel. I hadn't read that, yeah. but I, there's still the 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 second half of this movie is so all over the place. Yeah. Oh God. Who is your Patrick? favorite uh, character? My favorite character is there's so many great characters in this movie. I like uh, I like Sam Lowry's mom. I don't want promotion. I'm happy where I am. No, you're not. 
Jack Lint is a lesson to you. He doesn't have your brains, but he's got the ambition. You haven't got the ambition. Luckily, you've got me and the deputy minister. Mr. Helpman was very close now, to your father. Please, fun. Mrs. Lowry, <laughs> don't get upset. Ah, oh, she's so she's, good. She is funny. Always. Did you notice who played surgery. her plastic surgeon? Oh yes, of course. Uh, Broadbent. Yeah, Jim Broadbent. Uh, yes, I love that. He's got love such a unique him. look. Yeah, every the performances are great in this. I liked uh, uh, Michael Palin in this. Problem? No problem. Everything's fine. Wonderful, marvelous. Allison's in great shape. Kids are fine. I'm on security level five now, so Mr. Helpman relies on me more and more. Love uh, Michael Palin in this. Also, who's Monty your Python favorite, fame. Patrick? Uh, probably. <laughs> Probably, it's a very, very small part, but probably Bob Hoskins' character. Trouble with your air conditioning. Air conditioning, sir. Uh, no, it's, 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 uh, all right. It's, um, it's fixed. Fixed. Fixed? Yes, um, I mean, it, um, fixed itself. Oh, it fixed itself? <laughs> fixed itself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> These don't fix themselves. Well, they don't fix themselves. <laughs> He's tampered with it. Yeah. I think he's tampered with it. Well, sorry, you've had a wasted journey. <laughs> <laughs> I think we will have a little look. Oh, he's not that small. He's a great character. Yeah, Spore. Yeah, Spore. He's a he. So basically, at one point, uh, our our protagonist Sam Lowry has. So the recurrent theme of this movie is this this like this. They live in this bureaucracy that moves at a glacial pace and it's all about paperwork. Red tape. And, yeah, red tape and paperwork. And you have to, it's not this department, it's that department. And you're just this labyrinthine system of, you know, going to a million different places trying to get fixed. Anyways, at one point, the AC is broken in Sam Lowry's place. Robert De Niro's character comes in and fixes it as like a sort of. He's like a uh, freelance heating and air conditioning man but it's like he's like a re he's outside of the system yeah. so they're always trying to catch him he's like fixing people's uh heating ducts right. and <laughs> air conditioning without approval from the <laughs> central government he was a rogue hvac dude yeah exactly <laughs> he was like an ira member but with hvac skills yes <laughs> so anyways he comes by and fixes it and then the central services people come and they're all annoyed that it's been fixed not by the central services bureaucracy. And Bob Hoskins plays one of those characters. Yes. And he's just this. And they've got a very long brimmed hat. Yeah. It's funny because it smashes <laughs> it into things. This so. cartoonishly long brimmed baseball cap. And it's, it's yes, great. I love it. Just him. everything, everything, all the details in this are just so wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's just such a delight to the senses. And it annoys me that it falls off a cliff at a certain Yeah, point. it's a bummer because you kind of, I mean, even independent of the music, the way that the camera moves, it feels kind of like a, ballet like kind of like yes. well choreographed like the way it goes down all these highways or excuse me hallways with all these people with like paperwork and typewriters and computers and yeah moving um, about. I, I want to talk about the romance in this movie mm. because i feel like that's what does not work in this no, movie it does not because work. like we said it's when jill layton and sam lowry finally meet he's been having dreams about her he basically <laughs> is like i love you i'm obsessed with you i've had dreams about you hello my name's Lowry. Sam Lowry. I've... I've... I've been... Uh... You won't believe this. Um, and I, I, I know it's going to sound incredible, but... Um, but I've been dreaming about you. No, 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 not like that. I mean, I love you. I mean, in my dreams, I love you. And she's like... Oh, what the fuck? And then she's like creeped out by him, like trying to get him to go away. And then all of a sudden she's like, hi. And is like in love with him all yeah, of a sudden. It's it very makes strange. no sense. Makes no sense. You know what's funny too? What I thought was strange about that was like, he even had, like he had another reason to talk to her. Aside, like he had pragmatic reasons to engage with her um, because of what was going on in terms of like she, because she was kind of being semi-targeted by the, I guess the government or whatever. And instead of she was being targeted, yeah, and he's like a higher up, yeah, and he knew about and all he that knew. Stuff. And so instead of saying he like you're, to her about that. instead of saying you're in trouble, he's like I dream of you and I love you and I love you. Dreams. And he's like writing I love you. Like the first thing he does when he sees her, here's how I would have fixed the movie, Patrick, okay. because she's a character that is introduced prior. Mm -hmm. You see her before, right? I would have had her have dreams about him too mm. so it was a little more consensual because it makes no sense that she had never she eventually like wants to have sex with him right 
Yeah, it's not and like they he's, become it doesn't it doesn't and you know, I know in movies, you know, we don't need we don't need to see the entire courtship and we don't need to see the entire evolution of the chemistry between couples, but this felt so She but if she had had a dream about him mm-hmm. too, that would have solved a lot of stuff. And I could have pitched this to Terry Gilliam. I could have been like, you get another fantasy sequence. Yeah. And he would have been like, ooh, <laughs> gimme, 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 gimme. And that would have worked, I think. I agree. I also want to point out there's some weird mom stuff that I don't feel like was completely thought through. Oh, like, like what, what weird mom stuff are you thinking of? Well, he they're about to have sex. Jill and Sam are about to have sex. And he's like, um, I have to go fix something. And he runs away. And when he comes back, she's wearing his mother's clothes and her mo- his mother's wig. What do you think? Is it me? Oh. Then he goes crazy and wants to have sex with her. That did, and I was that like, was, that's, that's weird. Okay, so I've seen this movie four or five times. That never registered with me that I always thought that was a, a dream sequence. That was his mother's wig? Yes. Oh, my God. And then, and, and then. And that's like his mom's like from- sheer sort of. Nighty yeah. thing? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And then you remember that from Wayne's World? <laughs> yeah. First, I'll access a secret military spy satellite that's in a geosynchronous orbit over the Midwest. Then I'll ID the lemo by the vanity plate, Mr. Big, and get his approximate position. Then I'll reposition the transmitter dish in the remote truck to 17.32 degrees east. And then <laughs> there's a fantasy <laughs> sequence <laughs> later where they're like, oh, it's. It is Sam's mom, but her plastic surgery looks so good. She looks like a young woman, and the young woman is played by Jill. And it's like his Jill is playing his mother later in the movie. So I just found that incredibly disturbing, and I don't feel like Terry Gilliam necessarily did that on purpose, <laughs> but it sort of says something sick about Terry Gilliam's mind. It's kind of like Alfred Hitchcock. Everything is about the mother. Would you call this a Christmas movie? I would. There's Santa's. Yeah. yeah, it's set around Christmas. Yeah, I think it is a Christmas movie. I think it kind of flies under the radar as a maybe because it's uh, pretty. It's a very gray. It's kind of a monochromatic looking movie too. It's, it is, but there's some really good Christmas decorations going is. on. Would you want to live in this futuristic world? Did it entice you at all? No, no. It's awful. Oh, I would. Oh, you would. You would like to live in it, even with the. I love small, cramped places. I love <laughs> urban areas uh i yeah i love stuff like I that think, I, I mean love there were uh, i don't like going outside <laughs> there were elements of it that were appealing for sure but it seemed very devoid of i don't know it seemed kind of devoid of life it seemed very bland it seemed like um monotonous i liked it okay okay well i don't i mean another thing that is problematic about this movie and i know again it's just a movie but how he you know leverages his power in the um uh, in the Ministry of Information Retrieval. Is that what the department's called? Yeah. yeah. He uses his power to get Jill's like contact information or her address information or more information <laughs> about her. And it's like, I wouldn't even go to that point, like where you're putting a, a name into a database to try and get more information. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing because he's like, I he, he gets a promotion so he can get more information and basically find out where she lives yeah. to like seducer i guess but along the way he's like oh my god she's in trouble yeah like that kind of he kind of found that out happenstance right i think if the movie should have been like he finds out she's in trouble and then he gets a promotion to save her like that they could have done it in a way like that right it's all very disgusting yeah it seemed his his main priority was trying to get a meet was trying to meet jill this this woman of his dreams rather than to rescue her otherwise he would have said so when he first encountered it and then scream at her that he's in love with her and stuff What a bizarre! What is that woman from, Patrick? Did you recognize her? She's very. She's recognized- in another movie. Oh shit! She's very recognizable, but I can't. I can't place it. Wait, hold on. Don't. Her talk. name is Kim Greist, and she's famous for one other movie. I think you've seen this. Manhunter. No, I wasn't going to say that. She's in Chud. Chud. Cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dwellers. Chud. They're not staying down there anymore oh chud chud, 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 chud chud have you seen chud no you haven't seen chud no never seen chud patrick you gotta see chud i know the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers yes it stars uh john hurt and daniel stern who are both later in uh, home alone Home Alone. yeah we love john hurt here on fart house and we love yes, daniel we stern do. I'm looking at the cast John now. John Hurd. John Goodman? Great is that the John Goodman? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think he's in it too. See Chud. And Do John Polito. God damn. See Chud. I'll, ch- Patrick. I'll check out Chud. Please see Chud for me. Oh, Patrick, is there anything else you wanted to talk about in this movie? I thought I had more. Well, yeah, I do kind of want to talk about the politics of the movie a little bit. And, yes. Um, so, you know, as I've gotten older, I've moved further left. And Oh. Yes. And I don't think... That's usually the opposite. I know. And I don't think bureaucracy is necessarily... I think bureaucracy tends to be more associated with the left because it's more associated with, quote unquote, big government. But I yep. don't think bureaucracy is is you know exclusive to the left. I think bureaucracy can also be uh, a utility of the right. I mean, look at the Nazis. Oh yeah, Nazis were fascist right wingers and also meticulously bureaucratic. Yes. Um, so I guess in watching this movie, part of my brain is like, is this a is it being contemptuous of a sort of uh, quote unquote nanny state, like a state that's trying to take care of its is it like cautioning us against a state where it's taking care of its people too much? But I don't think yeah. it's necessarily about that. I think it's just a general sort of warning against the creep of government overreach, no matter what direction it's coming from. But I remember thinking at the time when I first saw it, when I was a little bit writer on the spectrum, I was thinking like, yeah, see, this is why you can't, this is why we need small government. Like, this is like, look at this. Look That's what interesting. And now I, I, I don't, th- I think it's just a general sort of cautionary because I think there are ways that, I think this is a very extreme example of how government can operate. And I think that there are ways that government can effectively operate. It's just, yeah, but bureaucracy is, is just, it can suck no matter. Bureaucracy what. is one of the, you know, that the bureaucracy and democracy a lot of times go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it's interesting. I never thought about the sort of, because it's so obvious the political th- things going on that I didn't even really like uh, internalize them while watching this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I I don't think it's saying like, be careful of the Orwellian nanny state because it's clearly taking a lot from like George Orwell's 1984, but it's like so goofy that it doesn't feel that, threatening but maybe that's something that it's like these the even though the people are dumb they can orchestrate horrific things right. based off based off uh, a bad system yeah i know? think it's showing how you know ineptitude can have enormous consequences under these kinds of systems i mean basically yeah. that's how you know arch archibald buttle was basically just was killed or died because of you know a bug a a bug falling into a typewriter and then no one wanting to and another it reminded me of a little bit of um did you see chernobyl by any chance no you've brought this up yeah i've brought it up before it reminded me just of of that just kind of the finger pointing between all the different ministries and different departments and knowing one to take any sort of responsibility it seems like no one has to take any responsibility because there's just yeah it's it's so diffused yeah it's so diffused across so many different areas so uh patrick let's get to the farty test let's get to it all right the farty test this is what it's all about people this is the test we use to determine the fartiness of a movie which is our scale that gauges how impenetrable unapproachable and generally artsy fartsy a movie is we continually add and subtract from this list it's a living document much like the constitution but far more important patrick is their music I love the music so much. It's so funny that Brazil, that that one in that office scene is used in Wally. And so a lot of young people associate that song with the movie Wally, but they're wrong. They're fools, like all young people. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, there's great music. Uh, Do you know why this movie was called Brazil? I don't don't know, but I was curious if you had read about that. I don't, see, I like the name Brazil because I feel like he doesn't fantasize about Brazil, but Brazil's like a foreign other place. Uh, it's it's kind of like a place away from where you live. You, you mean know? for Sam Lowry? Yeah, but I feel like it's not even 
literally in the movie, he's thinking about going to Brazil. But I just think the the concept of Brazil to like someone like me is like, oh, that's like a foreign tropical place away from where I am. And Sam Lowry is always kind of fantasizing about some otherworldly place that's wide open mm-hmm. and away from where he is. Gotcha. So I think that's why it's called that. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. I like that explanation. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, is there suicide? Hmm. I don't. There's kind of suicide by uh, government uh, torturer, a little bit. I mean, I guess he doesn't submit himself to it, but he doesn't admit his crimes either to get away from it. Yeah. You know. No. That's Any a, other thoughts on that? No. What did you think Big of boy? that mask though? That that Michael Palin. What's his? Uh, what's his guy? What's the his baby friend's name? Mask? Jack. His name is Jack. Jack. Yeah. What did yes. you think of that terrifying mask? It was scary. Yeah. Like I thought it. that was a great touch. Do you think Jack so, Lint? So when directors do something like that, is it just because it looks cool? Or is it I mean, because it seemed like not like why is he wearing that mask for what he's about to do? I don't think it's I don't think it's easy to say I'm sure he wanted it something he wanted to have a stark image, but I'm sure there is an emotional response that he came up with that idea based off of an emotion and kind of figured out what that meant afterwards mm, you know mm-hmm, i don't think mm-hmm. it's easy to like what could the mask be what about a baby <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's scary it it's is. spooky it was really creepy uh, it's a kind of a, i don't know if iconic's the right word but i mean it's an image that's it's kind of iconic yeah it's, it's semi-iconic well i feel like happy death day the murderer's ba- face is like a baby face like that did you ever see happy death day no what's that what is Happy Death Day? I don't have time to walk your hand through a movie <laughs> that's been out. There's Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day 2. It's a fun comedy horror that came out a few years ago. You probably hate it, but it's fun. Okay. I like it. So. Does someone masturbate? Is there a penis in this movie? No. No. They, I mean, they have sex, but the sex is so weird in this movie. And it was, They don't have I, a lot of chemistry. And it's No, like, no chemistry. I'm sure Sam Lowry... I'm sure there's some machine in the future that would allow you to that would masturbate you very quickly and efficiently and probably break down repeatedly but wait what you know what i mean no what do you just saying it's like there's probably some machine some hole he could stick his dick into in his apartment rather than having sex with jill no i'm just saying when he's alone oh okay he could do that sure yeah why not I'm sorry. Are we not having fun on this podcast anymore? I can't what pitch is, some zany idea. What's and you the, uh, what, aren't there like those? Aren't there like sex bots in Blade Runner 2049? Aren't there something yes. kind of like that? There's also like a sex room in the movie High. What's the name of that movie? Oh, High Rise. Hi, no, oh. no. High Life with Robert Pattinson. Oh no, that's um, Cosmopolis. No. What's High Life? I'm talking about the spaceship movie. Hi, man. There's a sex room in that I ain't heard of this shit. I ain't heard about no sex rooms. Have you seen High Life? No, man. I ain't heard about no space room sex shit. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, pause real quick here, Patrick. This is going to be in the episode, but uh, what's your follower count on Letterboxd right now? Oh, fuck yeah. I'm about to crush you, bitch. I'm just curious. We haven't done this in a while. No, we haven't, and I love crushing you. I need to. I need to. There's so much stuff I need to log. Okay, you go first. No, you go first. I asked you. 137. Fuck. How much? 119. <laughs> I'm closing, though. I'm closing. Uh, it's it's fun. It's fun getting a bitter, bigger following. Oh, your mom followed me. Hi, Sandbob. We're getting... I don't want to talk about this right now. We're getting off on a tangent here. This is crazy. Uh, Patrick, are there topics, images, or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable on a mainstream film? Uh, not really. No. I don't know. No. no, no. It's not... It's not provocative necessarily. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, can Peanut start watching this movie after eight PM without falling asleep? The question of the episode. I, did, I didn't. I didn't fall asleep, but this is this is a tough one to. The, I, you would fall asleep because you're like, this is so exciting. I'm revved up, and then it gets so boring, falls off a cliff, yeah. and then you're falling asleep. I started this early enough that I was okay. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, poster. Tittle, oh wait, sorry, I missed one. Is there an inordinate amount of milling about so much so that this could be retitled "We're the Millers"? I don't think so. There's kind of like hyper milling, uh, if you will. There's hyper milling through the corridors of this ministry. I guess that's true. Also, when he gets in her truck, which is when the movie takes a real downturn. Yeah. 
They're driving forever. And I'm forever. like, what is going on? This is stupid. Did you think some of the quote unquote action sequences were a little too drawn out too? Like I kind of started getting yes. bored during some of the quote unquote actions. Yes. Like it felt very discordant. Cut. Yeah. I would say, I would, I would take a big scissors into the editing room and I'd say, Gilliam, we're cutting some of this. It felt off vibe wise, man. Felt off vibe yeah, wise. Yeah. Off. And, and I feel like Sam Lauer, it, it becomes too like, I feel like some of it was like improvised. Like it's like now freak out and like grab the wheel from her and she'll be like, get away from me. It's like, it all felt so messy and all the other physical comedy was so well calculated. Yeah. I just didn't like, you know, yeah, so I agree. I don't know. Uh, Patrick, poster titillation level for me, it's high. For me, it's very high too. Totally agree. Because you're like, what is that? Yeah, I remember being very titillated by it and think it's a very enigmatic look. The title is interesting. The script, like the font of the title, and the kind of yes. like purple neon cursive, is really cool. There's like two. There's two. Oh yeah, which one I'm are you thinking, thinking of? of? Yeah, which one? I'm thinking of both of them. Okay. There's the one where it's like an illustration of uh, Sam Lowry flying with his angel wings. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks like the uh, the Led Zeppelin sort of uh, kind of swan yeah. song character, yeah. And then there's also one where it's like a statue of a guy's head, mm-hmm. and he's smiling. That doesn't look like Sam Lowry in that picture, but is it supposed to be? I don't know. And in my in my head, I'm trying to remember. Is it look like? Is there kind of like static around his head or like something like that? Yeah, yeah. it's like an explosion. Yeah, like out an explosion. Yeah. Both are very much like. What is going on here? I must know more. I must dig deeper. Yeah. So, I would say it's pretty high. Uh, I'm seeing somebody got a samurai a tattoo of the samurai from brazil on him which is like the worst part Oof, of the movie i feel like that's so goofy uh, what would what, trisha what? do if you got that tattooed on you i she'd be really mad could there be she'd would be you is there mad. a tattoo that she would like um i don't know that's hard to say i'm not sure i actually don't really know what she thinks about tattoos i think she would not like it because i have such a beautiful body and she'd think it was what like, if you got her initials right below your belly button <laughs> her initials uh i think she'd be worried about my mental state what if you got a, a photorealistic what? tattoo of dolly covering your entire back I think that's one of the only things she might accept. <laughs> Patrick, have you ever thought about getting a tattoo? I have, but I just don't know what I would get. That's the thing. And I, I, what I would... movie-related thing would you get? If, if you were to get a tattoo from Brazil, what would it be? The movie Brazil. Mm, from the movie Brazil? Yeah. A, fo- a photorealistic tattoo of that scene where his mom's face is being pulled apart by the Oh, that's surgeon. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty it good. It wouldn't be huge, but if there was a way to have it kind of small somewhere. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. What would I can't you do? really think. I I like the text of Brazil. Yeah, I feel like I, like I would just get too. that on me. Uh, maybe uh, Bob Hoskins' big floppy hat, or maybe like Archibald Buttle in like Courier yeah. script on your forearm. Oh, 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 Archibald Buttle, and there's like a bug splat oh. where it's like Archibald Tuttle. Oh, yeah, that's good. If any fart heads out there <laughs> get that tattoo, we will uh, retweet the picture. Yeah, we we owe so, a lot of people a lot of things. We need to. Re- <laughs> Patrick, shut up. I know. We need to Don't drink some cocktails for people. Anyone. We need to get some Shut shirts. <laughs> uh, okay, Patrick. This is a lot of responsibility, more than I expected. Do you have anything pretentious to say about this movie? Uh, I kind of already said it with the uh, with the politics, politics stuff. Yeah, I sort of said mine about the mom stuff. Mm, yeah, it's and weird. that kind of went over my head, too. Uh, but now that you're mentioning it. Well, that's no surprise. Shut <laughs> <laughs> the so, Patrick, yeah. do you have a score for this film? I do. Do you? I do. Do you want me to go first? Let's do it on the count of three at what the same time. Okay. Here we go. One, two, three. Six, six point, point six. five. Whoa. <gasps> Pretty cool. Let's say 6.5 because yeah. that's the one yeah, I yeah. said. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. It's goofy. But it's not like... You can understand what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and I think if it know? were under two hours, I think most people would... Pr- I mean, people would think of it's like, well, that's weird. What is that? But I think most people would be able to like track it, probably mostly enjoy it. And This movie is less weird than other movies of his. Mm-hmm. It's less weird than Time Bandits. Yeah. But Time Bandits have you seen has, Time Bandits? I have. Time I, Bandits I, has this sort of like family-friendly component. It's like so much more fantasy-oriented that... But th- there's dark stuff Oh, in very that. dark stuff. 
but it's like pitched as a more fa- it's not actually more family friendly but it's like the end used to really scare me yeah time bandits can be fr- and you know what i think fear and loathing in las vegas is weirder than this too. like in terms of like it's not a very coherent narrative fear and loathing in las vegas yeah. I, mean, that's Hunter S. I just Thompson like style, that movie but- i like hate now because i just hate johnny depp yeah, is there an actor that has destroyed their career more than Johnny Depp? I know. But also, I just, I was always sort of tired of him because I feel like he's like, look at me act. He's kind of like Jared Leto, mm-hmm. you know? I've always hated Jared Leto. I think I, I really used to like Johnny Depp. And then I think by the time uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory came out, I was like, all right. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had enough. This is ridiculous. He's an annoying human being yeah and an abuser yeah and uh there's a very funny tweet where it's like a picture of like johnny depp charlie sheen and i can't remember the third person it was taken like two years ago so they all look like shit (laughs) it's like pov you're about to have the worst night of your life Wait, I gotta find that. That's really funny. I gotta know who's in this. Okay, so here's the picture, Patrick. Oh my god. Oh, why is Kevin Dillon in this photo? Oh my god. It was the 30th anniversary of Platoon, I guess. Was he in that? Kevin Dillon, I guess. I forgot Johnny Depp's in it. Is he in it? Yeah, Johnny Depp is in it. God, a horrific, truly a horrific image. Oh. That's awful. What did you Google for that? I just put Charlie Sheen, Johnny Depp, and it came up. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyways. We need to make sure Phantom of the Pod needs to post that. Make sure Phantom of the Pod. Okay, I'll make sure Also, Brad's been terminated. We're looking for a new. No, Brad's been terminated. I'm worried about his mental health. He'll be all right. I don't we want him to show generous, up at my apartment. <laughs> we gave him a generous severance package. That's why there's what? been no Twitter activity. That's why we need to launch our our Patreon to pay for our, the severance package we just gave him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had Casey's parents and my parents mortgage their homes to pay for Brad's severance package. <laughs> He had all the dirt on this Patrick. <laughs> yeah, we could not afford to have him yeah. out there spreading. He had to sign an NDA. <laughs> oh so, anyways, we're 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 hiring if anyone yeah. wants to take over Twitter. Uh, oh. But we have a line on some inside people. Oh my God! All right, Patrick. Okay. Do you six point five a drink? Six point five. Do you have a drink pairing for us for this movie? I sure do, Case. What is it? guess uh i have no idea really you have no idea what this could possibly be no do they drink anything in this yeah think of no but think of what's what's the most famous brazilian cocktail mai tai no caipirinha which i'm probably mispronouncing in caipirinha i've never heard of that it's like a daiquiri but with cachaça instead of rum what's cachaça the cachaça yeah cachaça is like um it's distilled instead of it's not so rum is distilled from molasses. Okay. And cachaça is distilled from sugarcane juice. So ah. they're kind of similar. Um Ooh, but, this looks good. Yeah. It's very good. Very good. Good yeah. job, Patrick. Thank you. A plus. A plus. <laughs> Thank you. I've been trying to redeem myself after a string of duds. Yeah, I had to. I had you even to cucked take... me. Was it, what's which week did you cuck? Last week you cucked me. I had to. I was yeah. forced. You forced my hand. I had to. It's kind of like when the NBA takes over a team because the owner has been uh, bad. You know. <laughs> what was the last time that happened? Was that oh was that with the Clippers? Probably. I think the Clippers, and then I think the uh, Pelicans in New Orleans as mm, well did that. That's right. That's right. Uh, so yeah, had to take. Off. Uh, Patrick, what's the movie we're talking about next week? So we're going to do a little film with a big dick. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> your, your silence was maybe really uncomfortable. Right I was like, there. what movie are we talking about? Uh, shame. We're, we're doing Shame by Steve McQueen. Steve starring McQueen. Michael Fassbender and Carrie Mulligan, one of your famous uh, enemies. She's uh, not my enemy. Well, you famously loathe Gary Mulligan. I don't say I would. I the thing is, I don't loathe her. I All right, Fart House her. listeners, trawl Casey's tweets to see how much Casey Carrie Mulligan hate we. I'm not from like him. you. I don't spew every thought and emotion <laughs> that comes into my head onto Twitter. 
Good luck getting elected to a, <laughs> I know. To a Senate. I know. Patrick. God. Uh, yeah. Steve McQueen's Shame. His Is it a second feature or a third feature? I believe it's a second. Yeah. Hunger is Patrick, first. who do you think would more likely be elected, like, would likely be elected to Congress, you or me? You, for sure. Why do you say that? You think I would have more of a desire to be elected to Congress? No, but I think you have the Constitution for it. Interesting. That's very sweet of you to say. I think say. you have better routines. I think you are you have better convictions. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I think... Do you think you could be bribed and swayed and wined no, and dined uh, no, easily? No, no, no. No, but I don't think that, but I think cri- the criticism would, would, would torment me. Like it would. Like, oh, would, I see. Yeah. You don't like have having, that thick skin. No, I don't have... I don't think... I, I think don't really have thick really, skin either. I'm a softy, my man. Yeah, I guess you are. I have but... an open wound. <laughs> Sepsis incoming. Oh, God. <laughs> Ever uh, heard of MRSA? <laughs> I think, frankly, both of us would n- never be elected to any sort of... No, probably not. Uh, we're poets. We don't deserve to be in government. We're, no. We're, we're, we're singing a song and playing a harp out in a field. We don't right. have time for such things. No, exactly. Uh, We're trying well, to get people to get in touch with themselves, not with yes. the community. And the best way to do that is to listen to Fart House and tell all your friends about Fart House. <laughs> yes. Patrick, we did it. We got through another episode. Yeah. It's it a fun. miracle. It is a miracle. It was fun. You had a yeah. good time. It was fun. And I'm very encouraged by our, I know I mentioned this already, but I'm very encouraged by our, our trending upwards fandom. It's pretty cool. I know. I That's... was actually emailing with our friend Clay Keller about an unrelated podcast thing, and he said, "It's a good job. It seems like uh, seems like you guys are like growing your audience." Mm-hmm. He congratulated us on Fart House. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Clay. And then I said, "Clay, why are your podcast episodes so long?" <laughs> Did you say that? No. Oh, I am. They ca- are I'm... long, though. They are long. Yeah, he had mentioned on Twitter that Apple ref- either won't. Either cannot or will not list the runtime of his most recent episodes. Yeah, I know so it's long. very funny. No, I we would we would love to be a guest on uh, screen, screen drafts, drafts oh, any day. We are humbly, humbly, humbly. <laughs> we desire to be. I think yeah. Lucey's been on. Has she? Oh, cool. yeah, she has. Oh, that reminds me. I forgot. I so as you might have seen on Twitter today, I caught some shit from one of our patron of the farts, Grant Williamson. What did you do? Well, Grant was very upset that I didn't mention uh, in the Lay Samurai episode from last week that I saw him in Atlanta with Sam. We went to yeah. breakfast, the three of us together, and I didn't mention it. And so he wow, tweeted at me. No. And then I blamed you, and then you had a really good comeback, and then I kind of was just... And then you whimpered off. Yeah, and then I whimpered off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you didn't even bring it up on the show. I I'm bringing it up time. now. I had, a great, I had a great breakfast with Grant, Grant Williamson... And Sammy Lawboy a couple weeks ago at Silver One Skillet of our in Atlanta, most Georgia. Vocal supporters. And yeah, you Grant's fantastic. Didn't, you didn't even mention out that of you'd fear seen of him. you cutting me off. Oh, really? You yes. live in some sort of fear, like you're in a police state, like the movie Brazil. Yes, you are the Ministry of. You're the Information Retrieval. Central Services. You're, no, you're Information Retrieval. I'd love to retrieve. I don't know. <laughs> Your ass, something. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm going to retrieve your ass. Yeah, I'm going to retrieve your ass. <laughs> Patrick, we got to get out of here. Okay. We're okay. getting loopy. Okay. So, I can't our even show, see in my room anymore. <laughs> I know. It's really frightening. I took a picture of it. <laughs> haunting image. Uh, with Fart House, follow us on Twitter at Fart House Pod, Instagram at Fart House Pod, Patrick's Twitter at Patrick R. Mallon, and follow him on Letterboxd, people. You can see uh, the dust and cobwebs accumulating in there. <laughs> um, my my socials is Casey Leo Brand across all services, and uh, please leave us a five star review. Really helps the show. Um, Patrick, have you had dinner yet? I did. I had it right before. What did you have? A meatball sub. <sighs> yeah, it was good. There's some feeling... mozzarella sprinkled on there. Uh, a little bit. It's actually pretty light on the cheese. I would have done a little bit more mozz. Uh, but it was it was good. The, the meatballs were good. The meatball uh, sub was always my favorite lunch in my high school cafeteria. It was really, really interesting. Yeah. Huh. It was a rare treat. And then would I'd, you go back now to have it? If it <laughs> like, could we go when we go back for if, Brady's wedding? For Brady's wedding, I go to the Academy of Holy Angels. <laughs> I think 
be immediately escorted if, off the campus. If, <laughs> if if I was, if for some reason, uh, someone from someone from our high school, my high school, listened to this podcast and was like, "Come to my office next Wednesday, and you can at the school. You're invited to eat a sub." I would go back and eat a sub. But if I had to walk into the high school and was like, excuse me, where are your meatball (laughs) subs? They would call the police. Oh my God. You wouldn't be allowed back in Minneapolis. (laughs) I know. I wouldn't be allowed near any sort of educational building anywhere, I feel like. Uh, Anyways, that's us. Patrick, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. I'll see you next week for another episode. Yes, sir. That was Fart House Cuties, signing off. Bye-bye. Fartos. 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 Fartos.